Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. In this broadcast, you will be listening to two days of readings from the Scriptures. If you would like to listen every day, just go to dailyaudiotorah.com and listen in. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10:17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Genesis 48, 10-16 Jacob was half-blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him, and Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children, too. Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim toward Jacob's left hand, and with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boys' heads. He put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm. May he bless these boys. May they preserve my name and the names of Abraham and Isaac. And may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. Zechariah 8, 1-23 Then another message came to me, Zechariah, from the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed 
with passion for Jerusalem. And now, the Lord says, I am returning to Mount Zion, and I will live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the Faithful City. The mountain of the Lord of Heaven's armies will be called the Holy Mountain. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem's streets with their canes and will sit together in the city squares. And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. All this may seem impossible to you now, a small remnant of God's people. But is it impossible for me, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Zavayot? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. You can be sure that I will rescue my people from the east and west. I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and just towards them as their God. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Be strong and finish the task. Ever since the laying of the foundation of the temple of the Lord of Heaven's armies, you have heard what the prophets have been saying about completing the building. Before the work on the temple began, there were no jobs and no money to hire people or animals. No traveler was safe from the enemy, for there were enemies on all sides. I had turned everyone against each other. But now I will not treat the remnant of my people as I treated them before, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. For I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops, and the heavens will release the dew. Once more, I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings. Among the other nations, Judah and Israel became symbols of a cursed nation. But no longer. Now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with rebuilding the temple. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I was determined to punish you when your ancestors angered me and I did not change my mind, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. But now... I am determined to bless Jerusalem and the people of Judah, so don't be afraid. But this is what you must do. Tell the truth to each other. Render verdicts in your courts that are just and that lead to peace. Don't scheme against each other. Stop your love of telling lies that you swear are the truth. I hate all these things, says the Lord. Here is another message that came to me from the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. The traditional fasts and times of mourning you have kept in early summer, midsummer, autumn, and winter are now ended. They will become festivals of joy and celebration 
for the people of Judah. So love truth and peace. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. People from nations and cities around the world will travel to Jerusalem. The people of one city will say to the people of another, Come with us to Jerusalem to ask the Lord to bless us. Let's worship the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Saviot. I'm determined to go. Many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord of Heaven's armies and to ask for his blessing. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. In those days, ten men from the different nations and languages of the world will clutch at the sleeve of one Jew, and they will say, Please let us walk with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Revelation 16, 1-21 Then I, John, heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways, and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth, and horrible, malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. And I heard the angel who had the authority over all the water saying, You are just, O Holy One, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. And I heard a voice from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat, And they cursed the name of God, who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up so the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them 
for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple, saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into the heaps of rubble. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and the hailstones weighing as much as seventy-five pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstone. Psalm 144, 1-15 Praise the Lord, who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield, and I take refuge in him. He makes the nations submit to me. O Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them, mere mortals that you should think about them? For they are like a breath of air, their days are like a passing shadow. Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they billow smoke. Hurl your lightning bolts and scatter your enemies. Shoot your arrows and confuse them. Reach down from heaven and rescue me. Rescue me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. I will sing a new song to you, O God. I will sing your praises with a ten-stringed harp. For you grant victory to kings. You rescued your servant David from the fatal sword. Save me. Rescue me from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to beautify a palace. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by the thousands, even tens of thousands. And may our oxen be loaded down with produce. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls, no going into captivity, no cries of alarm in our town squares. Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. 
Proverbs 30, 29-31 There are three things that walk with stately stride, no four that strut about. The lion, king of animals, who won't turn aside for anything. The strutting rooster, the male goat, a king, as he leads his army. I want to speak to you today from the reading that we did in Psalm 144. And it begins with this verse, opening verse, Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. And as I read this psalm and went further into it, it really came to my mind a lot about the Hamas, the war that Israel is having with Hamas. And it went on to say, that their enemies lie. Verse 8, their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. And it continues on in verse 11. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. And this is truly the tactic of the Hamas terrorists and the Palestinians. Uh, They lie. They hide their weapons inside of hospitals and inside of children's bedrooms. And they built hundreds of miles of tunnels instead of using the money given to them from the UN and the United Nothing and from all the nations. They, instead of using it for infrastructure and to make the lives of the people there better, they used it for building a terrorist infrastructure. And they lie even in their coverage of the war. They have Hollywood actors who act like they've been injured or hurt. They carry little dolls, baby dolls that are supposed to represent babies with blood smeared on them. So they're liars. And yet the propaganda has been extremely effective because we see on our college campuses all across the United States, students that have been brainwashed and programmed to be pro-Hamas, to be pro genocide of the Jewish people. So in verse 5 is a really interesting verse. Verse 5 says, Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they will billow smoke. Hurl your lightning bolts and scatter your enemies. Shoot your arrows and confuse them. And so we know the Holy Spirit is present at all times. He lives within us. He guides us. But we haven't seen really dramatic uh, manifestation of God, like when he parted the Red Sea or he caused the plagues, the ten plagues of Egypt. We haven't seen that kind of biblical stuff in a long, long, long time. However, this past week, God moved in a very powerful way, in a very public way, to deal with Israel's enemies in the Arab world who would try to speak a curse over Israel and over the Jewish people. I'm going to play this video clip from Jeremy Gampel, who reports on this. And so you're going to hear the audio, but down below in the description box, I encourage you to go look at the video because the footage is stunning. Take a listen. God is speaking to the Arab world. And now with social media, God is speaking to all of us 
through the Arab world. This was one of the most viral videos that came out last week. It was a Turkish member of parliament that as he was cursing Israel, passed out and died the next day. Watch this. Allah'ın gazabından kurtulamayacaksınız. Hepinizi saygıyla selamlıyorum. You will not escape the wrath of Allah Israel. And then boom, he had a heart attack and he died the next day. And then just yesterday, a friend of mine sent me this video of an imam in Pakistan who then says, we must annihilate all of the Jews. And if I'm lying, let the earth sink beneath me. Watch this. It's like flashes of light, exactly as he's saying, we must eliminate all the Jews or may the earth fall beneath me. The earth collapses beneath him. And all of us are here in social media. Like, I'm not in Pakistan, but I have the power to be able to see that, to see the flashes of light that out of the darkness, light will emerge. I found that really stunning. An imam in Pakistan is preaching that he had a dream. And in the dream, he said that God, his Allah, showed him that all Jews must be exterminated. So he proclaimed this, and he went on to say, if this is not true, may the ground sink beneath me. And that's exactly what you see happening in the video clip. The ground sank, and, and the people just disappeared. It's really amazing. So God is showing up in quite remarkable ways during the days that we are living in right now. And I would dare to say that we saw something of opening the heavens, Lord, and he came down and he touched the mountains. He touched the earth and he dealt with those who would curse Israel and the Jewish people in the name of Allah. So Abba, we just lift up the nation of Israel to you today and the people. We pray that you will give them total victory over their enemies, over the Hamas terrorist network, the operatives of Hamas, and the sympathizers and supporters of Hamas, wherever they are. And also, Lord, we know that there's another battle coming with Hezbollah up in the north on, in Lebanon, and they are even a mightier enemy with a lot more missiles and rockets. Father, we just pray you will grant Israel victory. May they trust in you and look to you for their protection and for their defense. We thank you for how you're moving to defend and protect the people in the land of Israel. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Genesis 48, 17-22 but Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. 
I know, my son, I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with this blessing. The people of Israel will use your names when they give a blessing. They will say, May God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Jacob said to Joseph, Look, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will take you back to Canaan, the land of your ancestors. And beyond what I have given your brothers, I am giving you an extra portion of the land that I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow. Zechariah 9, 1-17 This is the message from the Lord against the land of Aram and the city of Damascus. For the eyes of humanity, including all the tribes of Israel, are on the Lord. Doom is certain for Hamath near Damascus, and for the cities of Tyre and Sidon, though they are so clever. Tyre has built a strong fortress and has made silver and gold as plentiful as dust in the streets. But now the Lord will strip away Tyre's possessions and hurl its fortifications into the sea, and it will be burned to the ground. The city of Ashkelon will see Tyre fall and will be filled with fear. Gaza will shake with terror, as will Ekron, for their hopes will be dashed. Gaza's king will be killed, and Ashkelon will be destroyed, deserted. Foreigners will occupy the city of Ashdod. I will destroy the pride of the Philistines. I will grab the bloody meat from their mouths and snatch the detestable sacrifices from their teeth. Then the surviving Philistines will worship our God and become like a clan in Judah. The Philistines of Ekron will join my people as the ancient Jebusites once did. I will guard my temple and protect it from invading armies. I am watching closely to ensure that no more foreign oppressors overrun my people's land. Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem! Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle, and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Because of the covenant I made with you, sealed with blood, I will free your prisoners from death in a waterless dungeon. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Judah is my bow, and Israel is my arrow. Jerusalem is my sword, and like a warrior I will brandish it against the Greeks.
The Lord will appear above his people. His arrows will fly like lightning. The sovereign Lord will sound the ram's horn and attack like a whirlwind from the southern desert. The Lord of heaven's armies will protect his people, and they will defeat their enemies by hurling great stones. They will shout in battle as though drunk with wine. They will be filled with blood like a bull, drenched with blood like the corners of the altar. On that day the Lord their God will rescue his people, just as a shepherd rescues his sheep. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How wonderful and beautiful they will be! The young men will thrive on abundant grain, and the young women will flourish on new wine. Revelation 17, 1-18 One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me, John. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, Mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Yeshua. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen, the sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment, to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them 
because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. Psalm 145, 1-21 I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love Him, but He destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth bless His holy name forever and ever. Proverbs thirty, thirty-two. If you have ever been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. Four, three, two, one. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Zechariah chapter 9. And there's actually several verses that really spoke to my heart as I was reading them that seem to have an application to what's going on in the Israel-Hamas war. 
So we have all these Hamas terrorists that have uh, entrenched themselves into the Gaza Strip over the last 10 or 15 years. And we see hundreds and hundreds of miles of tunnels and probably millions of dollars have been invested in those tunnels. So it says in Zechariah chapter 9, starting in verse 5, we'll start there. The city of Ashkelon will see Tyre fall and will be filled with fear. Gaza will shake with terror, as will Ekron, for their hopes will be dashed. Gaza's king will be killed, and Ashkelon will be deserted. So we have the Hamas leader, and he's still at large, and he's the mastermind behind the October 7th massacre. Or three. Two, one. In fact, I'm looking at a news headline right now from the Times of Israel, dated December 15th. Hamas chief Sinwar's days are numbered, senior U.S. official warns. So the senior Biden administration official said it is safe to say that Hamas chief Yahya Sinwar's days are numbered during a press briefing. So uh, there's definitely... Um, a target on his back. So coming back to the scripture, it says that Gaza's king will be killed and Ashkelon will be deserted. So we just kind of pray into that right now, that the head of the snake in Gaza will be cut off, but also the whole terrorist organization, uh, Hamas, is a proxy of Iran. And we also pray that the the, uh, head of that snake from Iran will be cut off. And so it says, foreigners will occupy the city of Ashdod. I will destroy the pride of the Philistines. The Philistines have always been a thorn in the flesh of the Israelites, the children of Israel. And you could say that the ancient Philistines are the modern day Gazans, because actually the Gaza Strip in ancient Bible times, during the days of King David, When David fought against Goliath, where did the Philistines live? They lived in modern-day Gaza Strip. The whole Gaza Strip is ancient Philistia. And so those who lived there, the residents of the Gaza Strip, were called Philistines. Okay, And so now I want to jump down into verse 11, because this is something that we can pray for the remaining hostages who are still in captivity in Gaza. And I believe... There's about 139 of them. Um, A couple of them have been murdered while in captivity. Sadly, uh, three hostages were mistaken to be Gaza terrorists, Hamas terrorists, and they they were killed through friendly fire recently. But this is something we can still pray for those who are remaining in Gaza, who are still perhaps hidden in the tunnels down below or in somebody's attic or in somebody's shelter somewhere. Verse 11, and I'm actually going to read this in the New King James Version. I like this translation for these particular verses better in the New King James. Zechariah 9, verse 11. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double 
to you. So, Father, we just pray into that right now. And we just ask, Father, that those hostages that are still in captivity in the Gaza Strip, that you know exactly where they are, and if they're still in a a tunnel somewhere or in somebody's home, we just pray for them, Father, for a miracle, that they would be set free from this waterless pit, from these tunnels, out of the darkness, and that, Father, that they would escape or they would be rescued or that they would be released. And so, Father, we just ask that that you would do that miracle. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. So now, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. Actually, these two verses are verses I meditate on and think about and um, pray into quite a bit. So it says here in verse 13, For I have bent Judah, my bow, and fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like the sword of a mighty man. Now let me unpack that a little bit for you. Uh, to give you a little bit of context, I want to remember that in First Kings chapter 12, there was a kingdom split. So after Solomon died and the kingdom went to his son, Rehoboam, Rehoboam wanted to raise the taxes. And so there was a revolt, and 10 of the tribes broke away, and they became the northern kingdom. They were led by Jeroboam. And then the southern kingdom, the remaining two tribes of the southern kingdom, led by Rehoboam, was Benjamin and Judah. So ever since that kingdom split, it's never been healed. That breach has never been healed. And so the southern kingdom is known as Judah, or the Jews. The northern kingdom is known as Ephraim, the son of Joseph also known as the house of Joseph, also known as the house of Israel. So in this verse, we have two groups of people. We have Judah, the southern kingdom, the Jews, and they are shown as the bow. And then we have another group of people called Ephraim, that is the northern kingdom. And they are the arrows. Now, what good is a bow without arrows? What good are arrows without a bow? But when you bring the two together, you have a mighty weapon. And so that's what's happening here in this verse. Judah is the bow. Ephraim are the arrows. They come together, they unite, and they fight against a common enemy. When they come together and unite, they're called Zion. And Zion, as a bow and arrows held in the hand of Almighty God, they fight against Greece. And Greece is a mindset. Yes, it was a literal country, and it still is a country. But the sons of Edom, Esau and Edom, they went to Greece, they went to Rome, and, you know, Rome up into Europe and across the ocean to the United States. The whole mindset of Esau and Edom, that they hate God, they hate the God of Israel, they hate the people of Israel, and they hate anyone who is either a Saturday people of the Saturday book or people of the Sunday book, Saturday believers, Sunday believers, they hate Jews and Christians. And so what we see pictured here is Judah, the Jews, uniting with Ephraim, the non-Jews, who are all people of faith, who believe in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They come together to fight against the sons of Greece. I believe we're seeing that right now. This is unfolding right now in our day. Jews and Christians are coming together 
to work together, to partner together, to stand side by side against Hamas, to stand against the supporters of Hamas, to stand against the mindset, the ideology, and ultimately it's a spiritual war that needs great intercession and prayer against this evil, evil onslaught. So that's what I have for today. And so, Father, we just close out today with a prayer. Father, use us. Use us as your arrows, that you will take the bow and the arrow and bring it together, that the arrows will go forth and they will hit the mark bullseye, that they would be truth arrows, arrows of light, arrows of truth. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. And we love you and we bless you and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.